So hello and welcome. My name is Amber Winston, and I am the host of the Return of Ritual online show. And today I have a very amazing special guest with us, um, Jesse. And Jesse and I met about a year ago, year and a half ago, actually in Germany, where we were participating um, in a shamanic training. And I instantly just loved Jesse. I thought he was incredible. And he actually um, walked me through my very first rape ceremony and allowed me to kind of connect to the higher spirits and my spirit guides, which was quite a remarkable experience for me. Um, and so I am just so honored. He's all the way from the Netherlands right now, he's sitting there in his in his orange. Yes. I can just, you know, representing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Jesse, I just want to welcome you. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be on this podcast, to be on your show. Yeah, looking forward to Wonderful. doing this. Yeah. Great. So I just wanted to just start with a little bit of background um, for the listeners, you know, who might just be tuning in. I I am just fascinated by ritual, by rituals and ceremonies, and I'm very curious. I'm curious about the rituals that different cultures have used over millennia to help their their communities heal. Um, and I also have a really strong belief that we're connected now more than ever through technology, right? You're sitting there, I'm sitting in San Diego, and we're, we're having this conversation, which is incredible. But I really have this belief that even though we appear to be very connected through technology and social media, we're actually more disconnected now than ever. Mm -hmm. And I really want to dive into the topic of sacred ritual and ceremony with you to kind of discover how we might be able to bring that back into our, our lives and our communities. Mm -hmm. um, so the first question that I have for you is just, I'd love for you to tell us, you know, how did you get to be where you are today? Like, how did you land on this shamanic journey? You're leading these rituals in the Netherlands. Can you just share with us how you got onto this path? Yeah. Yeah, that's a very beautiful question. And it's very hard to answer. You know, I can answer it from a very practical level. And but I don't think that would be the truth. You know, I think we are all guided in a way in our lives. And I think that many of the things we are looking to learn and to do in this life, we, we set that intention before we come down here mm -hmm. into a physical body, I believe. And, and, and the longer I'm on this path, the, the more I remember in a certain way who I am and the more clear um, life gets to be, you know, the easier decisions get to be and the more deeper it seems to go, knowing who you are and who I am. But to answer it from a practical level, this is super interesting because it started about four years ago uh, when I was in the middle of growing my businesses, which were health businesses and health food and health supplement businesses. So already very conscious in helping people with their health, secretly already being the medicine man, I assume. But... I was also really living the life of an entrepreneur looking to dominate my market and grow my, my business um, from a financial point of view and helping more people. And then one of my best friends, he took me for a weekend to an old shaman, literally a man with a gray beard in his 70s, 
who had been doing, um, who had learned the ways of the Lakota Indians, Native Americans, how they do their sweat lodge ceremonies, how they work with the sacred medicine of the earth, and in his case, working with San Pedro medicine and the medicine of mushrooms. And I had no idea what we were going to do that weekend. And we started with, with two sweat lodge ceremonies, and they were beautiful. And then something started. This idea came to mind that we were going to do another ceremony in the teepee. And I was like, are we going to do drugs here? Is this even legal? And I thought, <laughs> is this some kind of cult? And um, I was pretty skeptical because even though I grew up in the Netherlands and I still live in the Netherlands, and even though the truffles and the mushrooms are legal here, it's legal to grow mm -hmm. mushrooms uh, in your house for personal use. I'd never ever done anything like that. I had really grown up with the idea that they're drugs. But mm -hmm. something inside of me called doing, onto doing that ceremony and I had always lived with the idea of the universe doesn't make mistakes, um, which was one of my core beliefs. So, you know, I'm probably here for a reason. So unconsciously, I really decided to trust the process and I really, that, which wasn't really a conscious decision, but in the end, I did. I really surrendered. And then I had the most beautiful awakening that night. And it was really confusing at first because instantly my values completely shifted overnight from looking to dominate my market, right, to really feeling so deeply inside that when I die, I hope to see this world in peace. I hope to see humanity in health. And I hope to see humanity care again for Mother Earth. And that was really difficult for me because my values shifted so deeply and I didn't know what to do with it. But it felt so real. It felt so important to me. It was really a shift of my values. So I was really confused at first. And I was really in the middle of, well, even though the business was successful from many angles, we were also growing really fast. We, had, we were having cash flow problems. And there were a, lot, were a lot of financial difficulties as well. And at one point, I was like, I'm going to go bankrupt. I don't know how to make payroll this month because we have so much going on. And, and we had so much, so many outstanding invoices and the money was going coming in. And, and so those two things, like this amazing spiritual awakening and this these very difficult times for my business were kind of there at the same time. And I think they were both there for the same reason, because they asked of me to step into a different time of my life. And then a couple months later, and in this process, I already kind of started doing ceremonies every other week or so, or maybe sometimes every other, every month with this same shaman. And um, I was meditating at home. And I received a very, very clear vision of Google with my, in my mind's eye, my eyes closed. And I saw being tied in Light Body School. And I'd never, ever heard of the Light Body School. And I opened my computer and I Googled Light Body School. And then this came up. And I just decided to follow what was coming up. I had no idea what I was getting into, what this even was. I had never, ever considered going to a shaman or considered shamanism i thought it was kind of strange actually and um and i had no idea but i just did it and and it was the most profound thing i ever did in my life you know it was so 
pure and so real and it came so easy to 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 me to it was really like remembering all this work so that's how that came about yeah which i think is amazing and i think it's really to me the message really is is to to just process follow what's 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 coming up in your life and 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 are you able to just trust are you able to say yes to something even though your mind doesn't understand why yet and and i think you know it is easy to say i trust the universe when things come up that you like right but it's so much harder to to trust the universe when there's when 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 you when the mind perceives things as problems right and when the mind perceives things as things you don't like or difficulties or situation you want to get out of then it is much harder to simply trust the process and to trust the universe but that's what i believe that's when it's truly asked of you right are you able to just say yes to what comes up even though if you don't know what's coming next what's coming after that and that's really trusting the process yeah yeah i was gonna i was gonna dig into that because i feel so many people and myself included, you know, maybe get messages or maybe um, just little things that they think, oh, I should probably do that. But then the mind just grabs a hold of it and yes. tears it to shreds. And then they can't actually take action on what they, yes. they're divinely being guided to do. So what would be um, like a tip or something that we could share that could help people maybe just one recognize that that they're going to need to take the action um has there been any so if tips you're, or if you're if you're at this level already where you feel you are being guided and where you feel you're receiving messages from the other worlds from spirit guides or when you feel that the universe is bringing you into a certain direction that in itself is enough right that's basically where it ends and where it starts all you then simply need to know in is is to do is to understand to remember i'll give you an example because i'm learning every day obviously and very recently i was flying home actually from from the us and i was at the airport very early and i was working and had music on and i was going on my laptop no one was at the gate yet and i slowly saw people gathering at the gate sitting next to me and everything and I was working and I was just doing my thing and there was a smoothie bar and I was getting a green smoothie, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought, okay, I'll hit, hit the restroom before I go on the flight. And then I'll go on the flight. I always wait till there's as many people on the flight as possible. I always want to be lost on the, on the, on the plane. So I was kind of like the last person and I was at the gate. They check my ticket and the steward at the door says, you're sure you're not on this flight. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I was flying from Austin, Texas to Atlanta to go home from Atlanta to Amsterdam. And he said, no, no, your, your ticket is for Atlanta. This is a flight to Salt Lake City. And I'm like, but this is gate 10. There's gate 10 on my ticket. Yeah, but the gate changed. I'm sorry. <laughs> so he said, let me check for you. And, um, and your, your gates changed. You're at gate 8 now, which is really close. But you got to run because you know they've they've ended boarding already, and I and I ran and ran and I was literally the last person at the flight. So I'm like, this is kind of funny, right? Because I always want to be the last person on the flight, uh -huh. and they literally shut the door right behind me, 
everybody was sitting already in the flight, in the, in the airplane. And I sat down and I was on time, but I was still kind of stressed, right? My, my adrenaline was high, my heart, my heart was pumping. And I sat down and I asked, and I was like, okay, please help me understand why did this happen, right? That's such a typical question of the mind. And basically they said to me, don't worry, everything is fine. You're on the, you're on the flight, you're right where you're supposed to be, right? You trusted. It was, you weren't in the stress of the mind. You weren't like controlling, am I still at the right gate? Did my gate change, right? Whatever, you weren't controlling and checking your watch. You were just following the process and everything turned out right. And then they gave me another image because I had like a four and a half hour layover in Atlanta. And they gave me the image of if I would have missed my flight, there would have been another flight from Austin to Atlanta because it's like three, four, five flights a day, right? And I would have still made my, my flight back home from Atlanta to Amsterdam. So they, they showed me there was still, still kind of like a backup plan in case you weren't, you know, as much in tune, right? Yes. So, you know, and I think it's easy when it's, when it's small things, but you're always tested, but you only get the things in life that you're ready for, right? Mm -hmm. You only get the things in life that you are ready for and you should just simply trust. And there is a very thin line and balance between being naive and trusting the process, right? Because I have... I had two mentors in my life who played a big role. Um, about eight, nine years ago, I, I, I started getting this idea of the best way of learning is to surround yourself with the right people. And, I, and then I still, you know, I wanted to grow a big business. And my idea was, I want to have a mentor who has built a hundred million a year business, who I can learn from, right? Who I can have by my side because it's probably the fastest way to learn something. And then I met the previous owner of the company. I now own Superfoodies. I met her in London at a, at a business event. And I, I, see, I it turned out she wanted to sell her business. I was like, I want to buy it. And this business was like three times the size of my business back then. I had no way of financing that, but I just trusted. I, and... Um, and in the process of me wanting to buy that business, I've been, I, I, I found my mentor and he literally built a hundred million a year or a year business, like literally. And then he was really, uh, he was my first mentor who, who taught me so much. And he is a typical business minded person trying to control, to keep control over everything, right? Wanting to plan things ahead, budgeting, researching thinking is really like this chess player who's trying to think three moves ahead super focused on control which in the end became a big struggle between him and me because he was trying to control me as well but the only reason why it was a struggle was because i was still healing from all the things i wanted to control it is only a struggle if it's a mirror right the universe mm -hmm. and the people around you are always mirroring you and all everything that's happening in your life, it is a direct reflection of what is going on inside of you. And I believe in, in life, there's only two true decisions we need to make. One is, is what is your breath? And this is what my shaman 
mentor taught me, which was my second mentor, he would always say, give it your breath, find your breath. The only thing you need when you're sitting in a sweat lodge, literally with your naked ass in the grass, and, <laughs> and you know, you can't see a thing, and, and the stones are super hot, they're pouring water over the stones, and um, um, the only thing you have is your breath. The only thing you have is your breath. And the only thing that you can do when your skin is burning is breathe and surrender. Mm. And he would always say, all you need is your breath. The only decision you need to make in every moment, and you have to make this decision again and again and again, every single moment, is how, what do you believe in this moment? What is your truth in this moment? What do you hold to be true? What is your perception of this moment? Whether you are... You know, in, in the most amazing time of your life and everything is working for you or you're struggling, maybe you're struggling with your health, maybe you're struggling with your weight, maybe you're struggling financially, maybe you're struggling in your relationship, which are kind of like the big areas of our life, right? Doesn't matter. How would you like to deal with this moment in your life? So it is really about giving it your breath. And the second decision is, what, it, what is your dream? What is your vision? And which is not really a vision of the next car you want to have or the house you want to live. You may have that vision as well. But what is the vision of how you wish to live your life? With what energy, with what, with what enjoyment, with, with, with who around you? And so we are only asked to make those two decisions and then from there with whatever we are living inside of us everything becomes a reflection of of what's inside of us everything and usually we don't like that but once you got once you come to the, because our problems are the things we don't like right you like surprises but you don't like you only like the surprises that you actually want right otherwise you call them problems yeah. and um so, um, but you, but you got to ask, how is this a reflection of what's still living inside of me? And I think that's such a profound question, because if you state it that way, you say, how, why is this a reflection of what's currently still living inside of me? It being something old, it being something I'm currently healing from, but hey, apparently this is still living inside of me, or at least it used to live, to live inside of me. and now. I am healing from this and I'm, I'm getting like the last signal of the universe, the last moment I can hold this in a different perspective, perspective. I can see this in a different way and take a different action than what I always used to, right? And then my shamanic mentor, who's the man that my best friend brought me to, the man, the 70 year old man with the long gray beard, he would live in a completely different life and he would live alive simply in in the forest he, he literally lived in the woods he, he he barely had any 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 material things he just had a sweat lodge small house and a teepee and that's where he lived and my idea of success was always okay what did you achieve and this man is not doing anything this man is not achieving anything so how is he successful and in the beginning i, I was so biased right on um on, on that he you know wasn't truly saying yes to things in his life like ignoring finance and ignoring all these things but then i came to understand that 
You know, he was like the, he was the wisest person I had ever met. And, mm. you know, he was because he was always simply allowing the universe to work for him, not forcing anything that he thought he knew needed from the mind. He would always be questioning, you know, what is what is real? What is my truth? And and, and, and do I what, what what is being offered at this moment? And, and can I follow that? You know, even though it's sometimes hard, and 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 then we come back to where I started this whole story, which is there's always a very thin line between being naive and ignore ignorance, and trying to keep too much control over things in your life, and where that balance lies, that's up to you to decide, really. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's it's remarkable to think about um, like really being able to surrender to trust. You know, I think that that's probably, at least in my own experience, the most challenging thing that I continue to work through is, is really just allowing the universe to guide. And, and it's amazing because soon as you start to experience the beauty and the gifts along the way, and you have those little synchronicities or reminders it's that much more encouraging so it's like it just encourages is encourages you to just keep going keep going yes. keep trusting keep trusting yes. so if you can do little things like little bite size for people who are maybe just starting to yes. surrender and to really trust yes. start small and then you'll gain the courage and the experience to maybe make some yeah. of the bigger decisions that might be more challenging yeah but you gotta understand you know there's such a fine, again, also fine balance between when there's problems in your life and you're saying, I've decided to simply follow the universe to trust the process. There is such a fine line between where that's true and where that becomes ignorance as well. Because I find so many people around me and they're usually not the business people. They're the people with a higher spiritual consciousness who are aware of these things. They also experience stuff in they, their life, which they don't like, which usually for them revolves around money, right? And, mm -hmm. and they're being offered opportunities to hold this situation in their life differently. But they're saying, I just want to trust the process. I'll trust the universe. Something will come up, which usually is some form of ignorance. Because what you really ought to be doing is to close your eyes to really look inside and say you know how did i create this situation in my life because it is all a reflection of what lives inside of me and how do i wish to perceive this what is my truth what is the reality that i now wish to create which are again the two questions to close your eyes to give it your breath to see in the moment what is your truth what is what is this reflecting in you and then the second decision always is what is your vision? What is the reality that you truly wish mm. to create? Right? Very thin line between ignorance and deciding to trust the process. And, and you got to decide which is true. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. And I love the framework that, yeah. you know, of the two questions that people can start to sit with and, and really ask. And yeah, um, yeah it's beautiful. Okay, so I'd like to switch gears a little bit and talk um, more about 
your ideal morning rituals. So, you know, what would your ideal morning ritual or evening ritual consist of or look like? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny for a ritual show that I don't really have a true ritual. I find it hard to answer that question. Usually what I like is I like waking up before the kids wake up to find some time, to call it a ritual, to, to make some tea and to sit and to be quiet, you know, to really find that stillness. And what my shamanic mentor always said is consciousness is complete and the body is on a journey. And I think that is so profound because mm -hmm. basically I don't want to answer. I don't want to give my meaning <laughs> because I want you and the listener to you know, to find your own meaning, what that truly means. But what it also means is it's really, and, and this also relates to how you started this talk, saying people are so disconnected because once you start living too much in your head, you start being disconnected from your heart, from from your energetic system and from the sacredness that is within you and around you and lives through you and lives everywhere. And only if you can find that surrender and that stillness, which in the end isn't hard to do, but it requires practice, when you can simply be, that's it. That's where, it's, that's where it ends, right? Simply being, you are a human being, you're not a human thinking, you're not a human doing, right? Simply be. <laughs> and and to surrender and to allow and to thoughts will be coming up. And this is to me, it's beyond meditating because it is a, become, it's getting into that state where you are in your body and you feel your, your body being connected to everything that lives. And to me, to anyone, this should be a life goal, right? This should be something, Hey, I understand it's out there and I understand it requires practice. It requires practice to master this, but it, it should, should be something you go after. And, 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 and in my life, the plant medicines showed me this, right? The plant medicines are able to show you that, that you are always so connected to everything that is and that there are so many realities simultaneously to our reality, to what, we, what the eye can see. And, but there is no difference between being in a plant medicine and being sober or being simply where we are normally, right? There's no difference. There's just the, the pair of glasses you get on and you start to be able to see different realities, but they're always there. And you receive a training, you receive an idea, a notion of, hey, this is possible, this is true, this is true reality. And you start, you, you, you then know it exists and you can practice it in your day-to-day -day life so my ritual really is is to get into basically that state where i am not thinking i'm not doing i find that stillness and i'm just sitting and allowing and i love it when then i'm i'm then being taken like you're like when you're dreaming right when you're asleep and you're being taken to places or you understand things you remember things and you don't know why you understand them you don't know why you remember them but they 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 feel so true and, and you have that that system of of being able to evaluate which is a which is a thought or which is some is which is guidance and um and and, and that's an evaluation system you you have to develop 
That is such an amazing point that you just make, because I find that so often we're encouraged to do a meditation practice and to just quiet the monkey mind, right? And to just absolve it and find the stillness that way. But what I think is so profound about what you just shared is if you can just be and feel the connectedness and listen to the silence and to be taken on a journey and you'll yes. actually start to discover that those thoughts are okay because they might be winding you down a certain rabbit hole that you need to go down and explore. And then you might get a little yes. nugget of wisdom. So it's almost yes. like accepting that and allowing that to be part of our practice. Yes. And what I found most difficult in the beginning is when you are, so let's say you, you decide to sit down and you decide to meditate and you do this with an intention of getting out of your mind and getting into your heart, getting into your energetic field, getting in that surrender. And, and you get there, you find your breath, you find, you know, that deeper sense of being, and then something will come up, which could be guidance, but let's, let's, but it could also be a thought. And usually we are unclear about those two. Usually we assume it's a thought and we don't want the thought. And, but I think that, that, it, that what it's about is a deeper sense of listening, understanding that when you are there, when you are receiving guidance, you shouldn't get in the way. You shouldn't be like, I don't want any thoughts. No, no, we, but we, are, right. we, are, trying to, we are trying to say something to you, right? Right. And, so and then you it is about staying there and allowing them to give you more insights and to give you more ideas and again to be to let let yourself be taken on that journey and i struggled with that in the beginning because i was still trying to keep control i was like okay yeah i received a thought and i thought yes i'm there now i want more <laughs> right yeah but then your mind starts <laughs> thinking again so yeah that doesn't work like that <laughs> Oh my God! Well, it's so simple. It it is like knowing how to descend down into a human body, right? You don't know how you did that. You know, you don't know how you were born. You didn't need to do anything for that. Yet you're here. Your DNA, your body, it all knows how to do these things. It's really about you getting out of the way (laughs) and putting your iPhone down. Definitely putting the iPhone down. <laughs> oh, so good. Um, I'm really happy we unpacked that a little bit because I just, I find we don't want meditation or just sitting in silence to become an arduous task, you know, and then we don't want people to feel like they can't meditate or they're beating themselves up because they're having too many thoughts. I think, Jesse, your approach is more like just that get into your thought, body. That is a thought in itself. You right. Know? And that's the whole funny thing about it, you know. I always <laughs> think the universe is so funny because it is all <laughs> reflections, you know. Yep. So you're like, ah, I can't meditate because I'm thinking too much. That's a thought. <laughs> <laughs> It's it so true. So and I love I, <laughs> I love when you can start to see the humor in it. It really is it's quite remarkable when you it can see the humor. So um Okay, so you you talked a little bit about your morning rituals or, or you know, little things that you're doing. Um I guess where I'd like to go now is I'd like to talk a little bit about how you are actually consciously creating sacred space 
and holding space kind of as a modern medicine man for groups in your um, communities? And what kind of healings are you witnessing take place in that? Yeah. So also with holding space, I think it's both, it's the most overrated idea in spirituality. And at the same time, it is, it is the most important thing in ceremony. Because I think that, let's, let, let's, let's explain why I think it's the first and most important thing when in ceremony, whether it is you are just, when you're holding a seminar, you're working one-on-one -on -one with someone, or you're doing a small group thing, whatever it is, whether it's just energy medicine, whether it's with lemons or whatever, it doesn't matter. Because the, the, the setting creates your intention as a ceremony holder, but also as a participant, creates the setting. It, it, what you decide to be true creates that reality within that room or teepee or surrounding where, where you are. And for a ceremony leader, and that's why it's so untrue, but also for a participant, it is not about what you do. It is so much more about getting out of the way because yeah. all these thoughts about what you think you have to be doing, how you need to hold space, whatever, are also thoughts, are also a form of trying to keep control. It is what you bring in and then you bring in control. You bring in, I got to do this. And then they will say, okay, if you're like, you got to, you got this, then we'll step, then we'll let you do this. Right. But that's right. not how healing occurs. You know, everything lives. Everything is alive. The water, the soil, the grass, the trees, it is all so alive. And there's no tree on planet earth that is worried whether it is growing enough. Or, or if it's holding the right space for the tree next to it, right? And so it, it simply is. There is so little to do. And that is one of the most important things I learned from holding, from doing ceremonies. That there, there is so little to do. And then when people get into their minds too much, for example, let me give you an, let me give you an example of, of something that comes to mind. Recently, I held a ceremony, and I always hold them in a teepee um, uh, for a, a, a group of friends. I, I know one of the guys, and he has a group of friends from all around the world. And they said, "Well, you know, they're all coming to Amsterdam, and we want to hold. We want you to hold the ceremony for us." And I said, "Yes, let's do it. It's beautiful." And this is like in the most remote place in the Netherlands you can find. It's super quiet. You're in the middle of the woods, but there's also a camping. There's a campsite there. And we always do our ceremonies when there's nobody camping there because, you know, it's kind of, kind of strange when you're in a medicine and there's people walking around camping. But I'm not sure if you ever, yeah, you've, you've heard of this. In Munich, in Germany, every year they hold something called Oktoberfest. Have you heard of this? Yeah. And they drink yes. so much beer and everything. <laughs> and this weekend, this same weekend that everybody, all, oh, all no. his friends were coming all over the world, they were holding their version of Oktoberfest. <laughs> and, the, and, and this was like the funniest thing ever. But there's a rule that you can't make music or be loud or whatever. It needs to be quiet after 10 a.m. And we started our ceremony around 7 or so. And there was music and they were 
drinking and screaming and loud and everything. And we just, and I just let it be. You know, in the beginning, a couple of years ago, I would give instructions and everything. No, no, this is part of the process. Something's happening. There's probably mm -hmm. a reason why this is happening for all these people right now at this time, because they probably have a common theme, a common theme around something that, you know, that this is reflecting. Or maybe it's my theme. I don't know, but there is a reason. And so I just let it be. And what happened, we started our ceremony and we did and we served the medicine. And I always start with like 30 minutes of silence, but this wasn't 30 minutes of silence. This was like 30 <laughs> minutes of Oktoberfest and uh, just outside of the TV. And, uh, and then I start drumming and I drummed them through the different worlds, which was which was kind of nice because you know, the drum overruled the music outside. And they were taking on the journey and people liked it. But then it was quiet again. And then we heard the Oktoberfest again. We were back in Ju Munich, people drinking beer. And they were, <laughs> well, they were in the medicine. And, um, um, and what was happening is where they were too, they were more busy with, with what was happening outside of the teepee, with the whole thing going on there then they were focused on what was going on inside of them. And then at wow. one point I said to them, you got to stop. This is the moment where this is, becomes a reflection of your entire life because you are always so much more focused on all the things that are going on around you in your life. Something someone has said to you that you don't like, someone that didn't follow up on their agreement and you hate them for it whatever, all these things, all these stories, all these things that are going on. And you are so much more focused on that instead of simply being, giving it your breath, being with your heart, saying and wondering, okay, how is this reflecting something in me? How do I wish to hold this to be true? What is my truth in this and, and, and what's going on? You live an inner path and that which is way more important. So now you stop being so focused on, on the outside and you close your eyes and you start going within. And that's when you got to hold space is when you set that intention for the whole setting. If the setting needs that, right? You got to surrender. You got to let stuff happen. You got to lay back. You got to do do the healers, you got to do God, you got to do, you, you got to allow them to do the work. But mm. part of your work is done here in, in, in this moment where, where if they're not following and as a ceremony leader or even as a participant, there's always a very thin line between when do you interact and you interrupt what's going on. And uh, that's again what you got to decide. And, um, and then took about another 10, 15 minutes and everybody was gone <laughs> and they and, and and us in the tp and we, we we were able to continue the journey and i don't know if it was simply 10 o'clock in the evening and they had to go or or this was probably all in synchronicity you mm -hmm. know with the whole thing but that's what happened and and all that stuff doesn't matter it happened you know and yeah um, and, and and i remember one of the ceremonies I did with my mentor, because what usually happens when we are in ceremony, we're in a teepee and we're, we're drumming and we're singing, the birds start coming. 
and they fly around the teepee and they sing with us and it is so beautiful and and i remember one ceremony and i was sitting next to the shaman and i said unbelievable and he said no believable right because yeah, awesome. it was there yeah yeah uh, it's i love hearing that story because it reminds me of a an experience that i had as well where i was I was driving to host um, a small little um, ceremony for a dear friend. And on my way there, I was on the freeway and there was an accident. I, was, I had to stop and slow down and it took me forever to get around the accident. And I kept going and there was a road closure and I had to get off and go around. And there were just all of these obstacles in the way of getting to where I needed to be. and. And I asked, you know, okay, this is part of the experience, right? So people who are also getting to where I need to be are probably experiencing the same thing because we're all going to the same place. And it was very clear that the message just came through and it was like, slow down. You know, these conscious little roadblocks along the way were just this message for, for me and for the, I think the women that were also going to be at the group. And, and I shared the story when I arrived about, how I just couldn't get to where I needed to be. And there was all these roadblocks and the wisdom that I gleaned from that was just sometimes you have to slow down and pause and not be kind yes. of grinding all the time. And so totally. I just love how you incorporated the environment. It's one fourth the of the medicine wheel, right? Yeah. So it should be one fourth of your life. Yeah. Tell us more about that. Well, you know, I think the medicine wheel, it is such a representation of our entire lives. And we're constantly going through that circle. We're always starting the medicine wheel again. And it's always going in all different directions in our lives. And if we understand that, you know, the, the, the sequence that they usually, you know, the, 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 the old medicine men have, have put that in is, you know, you... You, it is about the past, it's about the stories and the beliefs and all the things that you've lived there and that you're now trying, that you're letting go of, and you're healing from the emotions that come from it and what's currently happening. And then you, in the north, you find stillness and you find mm -hmm. that, and, and, and that's also where you find wisdom. And that's also where, where those who have come before us and those who will come after us, that's where they are. I think that's very, very profound. It is within it is. that stillness. It's where that stillness, where you live in the future, where you live in the past, where you go in all directions of time, because that is what the hummingbird represents. So in that stillness, you heal. And, and it is very, very true that, you know, once you heal something from the past, the entire timeline changes, you know? This same trip that I just described um, when I was in the US, things started to come up in my dreams as they of course always do. And for many, many years, I've had this dream of me being back in high school again. Or maybe even sometimes I would dream I was back in elementary school, but I would be that age that I am to that, that day, that I was that day or that I am now. I had, I've had this dream throughout my 20s for years and years and and i would be sitting as a 25 year old adult in elementary school it was very confusing like a big failure 
And that dream kept coming back. And only recently, I really started to understand what it truly represents. Also, because I started to ask them more, okay, what is that? What is that you like? Not show me in this dream. What does it mean? Or what? What is the message that you like to bring me? And then it really was that. You know, I never perceived because in high school I didn't do anything. I was kicked out of high school twice, and I was making a big whole big mess uh, from that period of my life. And then un until I found my mission and I found, hey, I want to people help people with their health, and I started to study to become a personal trainer, and then everything shifted because I really found my purpose. And and I started to understand something that was so much deeper in me because. My mother always had wanted me to do things a certain way. She wanted me to be successful and she wanted me to learn music and do sports and do all these and learn theater and acting and all these things. And but it and as much as she wanted to give so much to me and be a good mother, it's it was also what she wanted. And in a way, she was also trying to keep control over me, over what mm -hmm. you know I had to learn. And as a, as, a, as a kid, and it only dawned on me very recently, only a couple months ago, that my, the mentor that I found, that I met, that the universe gave me, was there for me also to heal that part in me, because he was also trying to keep control over me, because he was also the right. investor in our business. And he was like, I invested all this money. I'm doing this because he was already successful. He, he already exited his business. I'm doing this because I want to help a young entrepreneur. And you got to do this, but you got to make sure that money comes back. You got to do this now, etc. Which was very control focused. And of course, an entrepreneur, any entrepreneur, can't be creative and do. And you know, entrepreneurs and everybody in life, you got to make your own mistakes, right? So it wasn't working right. for that reason. He was so he was too much on me. And I understood that I had been, it, it had been feeling so unreal because it didn't matter anyway. Because my mother, it was, my mother wanted me to do that. It wasn't for me. It, so therefore, whole school and everything didn't matter. And I forgot why I shared the story, but there's probably a reason. <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> things come up and, and the universe always gives you things in the right time, you know, and you never know when that is. You can just follow what is there and you can only do what's truly present in that moment in your life. The only thing you can do is to stand with your two feet, what's currently going on in your life, whether you like it or not. That's following the process. Okay. That's <laughs> taking responsibility. And it is doing it from a place of surrender, being mm -hmm. joyful about it. You know, isn't it the whole funniest thing that the whole thing that I, you know, the, everything that I've, that happened in my childhood, you know, was provided by this man that I asked for, you know, I think that's kind of funny, you know? Yeah, <laughs> you know? totally. I, I, I asked for it, you know? You're right, you right. Know? And if you start to perceive life that way, you, you, you ask for everything, unconsciously unconscious, or unconsciously. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I just think that, yeah, this is, this is amazing. And I, I think where we, we just go on these amazing tangents, but I feel like we were 
we were in the teepee and you were holding the sacred space and you then were witnessing these healings occurring. And so that's kind of really what I wanted to, you know, just touch back on, which is, you know, how can these rituals and ceremonies, you know, with plant medicines or without, you know, really help people on their healing journeys back to sacred wholeness, you know, if they're, if they're curious on exploring whether it be plant medicine or not. The foremost thing to remember is you've never been disconnected from sacred, sacred wholeness. You are sacred wholeness. You are sacredness. And, and, and the only thing is, is that you got to stop disconnecting from it so much, right? Mm -hmm. And there's really nothing to do. There really isn't anything to do. There's not much more to do in, in life than to breathe, to, to eat something, to take care of your kids. That's pretty much where it ends. And, and <laughs> that, that's it. And, and all the rest <laughs> is something you wish to do. And right. only then it becomes a choice, right? And even mm -hmm. breathing is something your body does by itself. You don't need to think about mm. breathing, right? There is yep. nothing to do. There really isn't anything to do. The only thing you might want to do stuff, but that's entirely different. That's entirely different. Mm. And, and, and until you've truly gotten to the point where that is really true for you and you're living that way, only then you have a true choice. What I think is very funny, and again, this is why the whole universe and life, it is so funny, because people strive for freedom. People strive for freedom their entire life. For example, we go to the gym because we don't like our body and we want to be free of that frustration that we don't like mm -hmm. ourselves. So we go to the gym, we lift weights, we go on a diet. We want to be free from those frustrations that live inside of us. And that's why we go to the gym. But we are so obsessed by, I got to lose, lose that weight. And therefore, you're not free because you are obsessed. Oh, my God. And this is true in every area of life. This is true mm. for financial freedom people go after. They say, I wanted, I, I, I'm starting my business. And what, do, what does every single entrepreneur go after? What is their main driver? It is always financial freedom, freedom. right? Yeah. Build a bit, either you build a big business so you can then exit it or get the cash flow from it so you can live free. Or you live like a lifestyle entrepreneur so you can live free without a boss, right? But the whole idea of I got to make this business successful is the complete opposite of freedom. If you live that way, you don't have a choice. Everything that starts with, I have to do this, right? Mm -hmm. Implies that you are not free. The only moment when you are truly free is when you decide and when you truly come to that point where you're able to completely surrender from it. And I think this is the funniest thing on earth. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you agree? Oh my! I 
Well, I'm trying to I'm trying to make sure that I'm following. Like I I totally Let's say understand. someone goes on a path of personal development, which I did. Yes. When I was 16 years old, my aunt gifted my father a Tony Robbins book, and my father didn't read it, but I did, and. I started to go on this path of personal development. When I was 18, I went to see Tony Robbins for the first time and I started to have big dreams. And I started on a path of personal development so I can achieve stuff because I wanted right. to feel a certain way. So I was here, I was going on a path of personal achievement to feel a certain way, right? I wanted this identity of I gotta be successful. I wanted to show other people that I could that I was successful. I wanted to have that financial freedom, etc. There were things I wanted to go after in the outer yeah. world. I want to be successful so I can feel this way, right? Mm -hmm. But that in intention in itself means you are not free. Not from free. It. Because you are you all want this to escape something you don't like that lives within you or to feel something you can't find within yourself. It is either of the two. You are either escaping something you don't like yeah. or you are going after something you can't find within yourself. And that's why we achieve the goal and, and we still feel empty because we haven't healed from that thing that lived inside of us and we haven't mm. been we, we haven't found the way to feel that which which we were so desperately looking for to simply find it within ourselves and therefore in life we all walk an inner path the first path we walk is escaping we want we want to escape from where we are to achieve that goal which usually is freedom or whatever it represents and then the second path becomes an inner path, right? We go to the monks, we go to the shamans or whatever to find a deeper meaning. And it's all because oh. we want to escape something or we want to feel something that we can't find within ourselves. So we're going after freedom and then in the, by the whole thing, we're not free. And that's, and that's the funniest thing on earth. You know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the joke of life. You know, and it is, those reflections are always in life. They're all around us and it is super funny. And it's once we start to understand this, once we start to gain this perspective, only then you have a free choice. Only then you have a choice. There's nothing you need to do. There's nothing you need to do. Even breathing is being taken care of. You don't need to think about breathing, right? There's such a, like, a sense of relief you know, when I hear you talk like this of, you know, there's really nothing you need to do. It, it just kind of like takes a pressure off because I feel like so many of us are existing in this hamster wheel of life, just going oh. and going and going. And that is just so refreshing to hear you speak like this. Of, and, and it's not in a naive way, right? It's not in a, no. um, it's just in a real, like the true sense of the word, just really feeling held like yes. divinely held and supported yes. that all your needs are met yes. always mm. exactly and it mm. is never about ignorance you know 
No. I am more than ever fully stepping into my business, fully doing it, more than ever, more than ever. And that's there as well. But the difference really lies in the intention with, in which you're doing this. You know, are you doing it from, I have to do this, I have to, no, you, no, you don't. Why? You know, a friend of mine, he's going off to the world record of pull-ups, most pull-ups in like eight hours, which is like 8,000 pull-ups <laughs> or whatever. Oh, I don't goodness. Know. It's crazy. And, um, and he, he joined one of my ceremonies and he was in complete awe. And then I said to him, now you start wondering about, about why you were doing all those pull-ups in the first place, right? <laughs> I think that's so true. So true. <laughs> So to funny. feel a certain way, I don't know, to feel strong, yes. accomplished. Whatever, right? Oh my. Yeah. Fascinating. Um, so as a as an entrepreneur, um, are there any ways that you're actually incorporating uh any rituals or ceremony or just it sounds like just the way that you run your business is a very conscious way of running a business. Can you just yes. share a little bit about that? So if we, want to, if we want to change our outer world, which could also be the success of our company because the success of the company comes from the success of the clients that you have. So if you want to change the outer world, which is their success, you want to help them successful, whatever business it is, it's always about adding value, helping your clients achieve something better, faster, something they want, etc. So you want to achieve that outer goal. It starts in your inner world as everything does. So if we want our clients, we are a health food business. If we are, want our clients to be healthy, we got to start with our own health because our outer world is a reflection of our inner world. So yeah. what I always say to my team, what we live, we truly live this in such a beautiful way. I'm so proud of everyone in our organization is we, we got to take care of our own health first right and and people in my organization especially if they only started working for me they are usually shocked by this because they they come from a, from a business environment where their boss or the leader or well quote unquote leader doesn't care about personal mm -hmm. circumstances or you know that that they that their kid has problems in school or 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 whatever is going on in their life they don't care you just take care of your job you get your job done right but if 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 they are not well how can i be well if if they are not well how can my business be well how can our clients be well if our culture yeah. isn't right how can i expect them to take care of my clients if my relationship with my team member isn't right right so yeah what i believe is for us especially but in any organization it starts with the health of my employees it starts with our culture that we live, our, our culture mm -hmm. of health. That is the first and foremost fundament to our organization. Then what comes next is the dream we hold for our clients and for our organization. Yeah. What is our vision? And we describe this as a vision, but you got to see this as a dream. You've got to live it inside of you first. And that's why the organizations where all the employees feel the dream they become successful where the dream is on a, is just a couple words on the wall with companies like general motors and whatever right nobody cares about that nobody even knows what's on the wall in the first place it doesn't happen 
where if it's a company like Tesla or whatever, and people live for that whole vision because they believe in it so much, they start to create that dream with you. That is creating reality. That is how it works. Mm -hmm. That is the essence of shamanism. It is dreaming something into being. So yeah. that is true for an organization as well. That's why the leaders who are able to give words to a vision so well that the employees and everybody in the organization starts to feel that dream as if it's already there. This is simple personal developments and success one-on-one, -on -one, right? Feel it as if it's already there because then you yeah. live it inside of you and then your outer world becomes a reflection of that sooner or later. So that's the end of the story. <laughs> then you just follow <laughs> along, right? Then you just follow, follow along. <laughs> I think it's amazing. Amazing. Jesse, this has just been so, so wonderful to see you and to hear you share all these stories and wisdom yeah. with us. Um, how can people get a hold of you if they want to learn more? I, is there a, yes. a, a, so my life has okay. until now always been about physical health. That's what my business been around uh, about. I'm slowly getting more into this and also moving just from the space of the Netherlands also into the English space. So I've started jesse.tv, which, which is where you can find me. There's some nice content online. Um, I don't have an opt-in page or a newsletter even, but there's a couple of really good blogs that I at least like. So that, that, that that's, I think, what's most important for us, right? I, and, I uh, watched your Dear Grandchildren <laughs> video on there, and yeah. it was it's beautiful. I encourage everybody to go on there and check that out. Yes. Um, Jesse kind of guides us through a, a prayer and basically an apology for our future children if we don't start taking care of the planet and each other. Um, right. And I, it was very touching. That you bring that up, you know, it, it, it is something that I truly and deeply feel. You know, I, I, I can sometimes feel a mother of Spain and, and, mm -hmm. and it is truly there. And, and, and even though I don't need to put that on my shoulders, I think it is, and, and none of us have to, I think it is so important that, that she is our true mother. It's our only home. And, and that is for us something to take care of. It is something that is not yours. You know, mm. you, you are a temporary inhabitant on this planet. And it, this planet doesn't belong to you. It belongs to our children's children and their children. And I think it's painful to see how much we've forgotten that. And I yeah. think I need to remember and we all need to remember that you know even though that pain is there and it is important to sometimes feel that to that we hold this dream and we hold this dream of of seeing humanity in health seeing humanity in peace seeing humanity take care of our mother earth again in the end we don't do this for her we do this for us we do this for our future generations mother earth will always mm -hmm. be here you know, there's a side to this story that you don't need to take care of Mother Earth. She can take care of herself. The only question is, is will she shake us off in the next, somewhere between now and the next two, three hundred years? Because she's like, you guys go find another planet and I'll take two million years to recover. And then you guys can come back. And, right. and, and this is what happened that first night, my best friend took me to a shaman. My, I, I told you in the beginning, that's when my beliefs shifted. And right. 
And when I started training with Alberto, Alberto Friolo in the Four Winds, then it dawned on me that this is the sacred dream. This is the dream that they have always been holding for us, that, that the elders have held for us, the shamans of old, the monks, all those, all those ancient ways of the medicine, all those, that, that ancient wisdom, all the earth keepers, they have held that dream for us. And, and it feels to me like the most important thing that I can do is to bring that forward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a beautiful video. And I, I would encourage everybody to go to check it out because it's, it's very touching. So Back to the practical side of things, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Just type in the Jesse, damn URL and watch the damn video. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I think... I, <laughs> I'm not saying this video, it's just funny. <laughs> no, I think that it is. Like, if the more people can see, can see it, can get, can hear what you're saying, you know, and we can reinforce it, the better. I think it was. It's a very sacred prayer, and I think the more people that can start to repeat the prayer and to yes. take care of Mama Earth, you know, it's. it's oh. I'm right there with you. Yeah. So, aho, uh -oh, indeed, um, Jesse. It's been incredible. You're yeah. the best. Thank yeah. you so much for being here. Um, it's been it. a true pleasure. Yeah, pleasure's all mine. Thank you so much. I had a beautiful time, Thanks. and I hope to the listeners and hope that you've been able to pick something out of this that helps you in your life and uh, help make life a little bit easier and put things in a better perspective. And I hope you find joy and love. You know, there's only two decisions you need to make in life. You know, what's your truth? Give it your breath. So decide how you perceive the moment. It's the only thing that actually is, actually is, right? And uh, mm. and then what, what what do you dream? What do you decide to dream? And dream big and dream fearlessly. Uh -huh. oh. Thank you for sharing that. Beautiful. Uh-huh. <laughs>